the Lost World. Uh, Dave, this past week, some nice concept art from Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom. No, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom <laughs> has been <laughs> uh, been revealed. Um, one shot particularly shows the uh, sort of just a look from behind the Innovation Centre across the ruined Jurassic World in the lagoon. Um, mm-hmm. Very much mirroring that uh, Lost World feel. And I just love how it's sort of early morning or late afternoon. You've got the sun very low and the sort of streaks coming across the ruins. Mm-hmm. I know for colour balancing and sort of for film-wise, they've gone here in the middle of the day where we see the Brachiosaur and Main Street and all. It's, it's all middle of the day, but I would have loved to see that at night. But then as we, as we sort of complained with The Lost World, seeing the village only at night and how much we would have loved to see it in the bright day, so... That may have sounded a little bit hypocritical. The <laughs> <laughs> um, couple other shots here too of the uh, the baryonics down in the uh, the tunnel system, and uh, as I'm sure a lot of people have seen from the trailer, the uh, mosasaur making appearance uh, as the helicopters hovering over the lagoon. Mm-hmm. No, I, I just love concept art. It doesn't matter what the film is. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I mean. One thing that I will say about this movie, about Fallen Kingdom, and I know you don't feel as strongly uh, towards it as I do, is that I, I'm going to admit I cracked. I watched the third oh, trailer no. and the trans- extended trailer and the Japanese trailer. Oh, no. <laughs> so I've seen it all now. Oh. <laughs> Ricky, no. <laughs> Too late, mother. I've seen it all. Yeah, I'm getting very, very strong The Lost World vibes from this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jurassic World, and I have to say that that's probably the reason why I didn't like Jurassic World as much, is that it just, I mean, it was so regular. Jurassic World, I would say, is a good example of average contemporary cinematography. Mm -hmm. It's basic. It's made for, like, that kind of ultra HD screens where you can see the creases on the guy's uh, crow's feet and stuff like that. It's not a very interesting movie on a visual standpoint. Yeah. It's not even a very visual effects spectacle, I'd say. Like, you know, Star Wars or even some of the Marvel movies. It's just bland. I think it's what I really do think it's one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to Fallen Kingdom so much. It's a return to Spielberg's earlier days, mm. you know? The cinematography looks fantastic for it, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, it does. I was just about to say that Spielberg's earlier days when he used atmosphere to tell the story, I mean, I'm like E.T., Close Encounters, Jaws, you yep. know? Yep. I mean, I feel like that he's kind of lost his touch in a way because he's Spielberg has allowed himself to kind of become contemporary and remain contemporary to the point where he doesn't he, he hasn't kept his own style in, in the movies, you know? I mean, he had this. I mean, The Lost World is straight Spielberg. It's everything Spielberg, you know? It's everything he loves in movies. It's everything that he likes to do in movies. It's got the atmosphere. It's got the implied, the implicit horror. It's got that kind of misanthropy, you know? Some might say a lot of the stuff we miss (laughs) from a Spielberg film. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, and that, yeah, if that's. He's sort of injecting all that into the film. That's that's good. Working with Bioner and that, and um, put this stuff in the film. That's that's good, and I do look forward to seeing it. But much the same as Jurassic World, it's just the plot and Colin's script. <laughs> I hope that uh, it's had a had a 
had a had a good look at anyway. But we shall see. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Um, don't knock it till you tried it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It says Injet on the on the side of that chopper. I don't get that. Why why would Hammond said two teams? Uh, one other one other thing on. Uh, Fallen Kingdom related, there's been an article on Outpost come out this past week of, uh, what would you call that, interview with um, Crave designer Neil Scanlon, who uh, talks about sort of nanomatronics for the Fallen Kingdom, and in particular Blue, and uh, mentions it took 15 puppeteers hidden below the floor, working cables and levers and the remote control mechanisms to bring it to life, which Mm -hmm. I just thought that's fantastic in this day and age, there's still detailed animatronics like that. Yeah. That's one of the great things about anime, or, I mean Jurassic World or Fallen Kingdom, is that it's returned to practical effects like that. It's not just blowing the bud like what Trevor did was blow the budget on one giant set, you know. Hmm. And then we yeah uh, we were able to get more restrained sets in Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, yep. which allowed them to hire animatronics again, T Rex, Indoraptor. Blue, um, and then there's also static stuff, like the um, Triceratops and the Stegosaurus that they used for stand-ins for the, that they'd overlay with CGI. Yeah, yeah, much like they done with the Tyrannosaur in that truck or in the cage. Um, and mm-hmm. that's and that's sort of interesting. You bring up we've we've talked about how in the Lost World it, it's scenes at part times where the uh, animatronics are being used and just how the puppeteers have to be off-screen off-screen or hidden out of the environment. Yeah. Uh, that was sort of one f- issue with uh, Jurassic World was this, the, uh, the areas were all so open, um, apart really for the, the visit to the Visitor Centre set. Um, a lot of the film mm-hmm. was open and there wouldn't have been anywhere for animatronics to hide anyway. Um, if used, they would have had to spend a lot of money on CG rubbing out, <laughs> rubbing stuff out of the film. But Yeah. No, I just thought it was interesting. It's, it's good to see that... Um, They've obviously put some effort into the animatronics for the film. Um, I would have thought it would be all all uh, remote control now, and they wouldn't need to worry about levers and cables. But uh, it appears we're still we're still using that uh, tried and tried and true method of bringing these animals to life. Yeah, but I mean, if it for smaller um, animatronics like a Velociraptor, you will still require some. Rod puppets. I mean, I don't expect anybody to be as good as Stan Winston Studios was. Stan Winston Studios was ahead of their times and groundbreaking in so many yeah, ways. Yeah, well, that's. You know? I was going to say, but, that's the, like your raptor arms are too small to be animatronic anyway. That'd just be a rod puppet or something. Or, uh. Well, the original, the original animatronics were, they had to. They had wires crisscrossing all over the set in order that they had to. <laughs> Be careful to not show yeah, in the yeah. final movie. Yeah. And then make it worse, everything was reflective in the scene. So it made it even harder. Made it hard for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that, don't do that. You got a baby in a little bit. You got to love it. I'll love it when it works. It'll work when you love it. Let me do it. Continuing the 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park, Think Geek have uh, released a Trinosaur statue um, looking at the phone that's... It's, Mount or pose beside it's uh that's probably about twelve inches long I suppose if I just click on the article it'll tell me <laughs> uh, no I I think you're right I, I do believe it was twelve inches uh, long it's the um Chronicle collectibles mini yeah well wow, I really right? 
I've got that spot on. Um, <laughs> um, yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty much the um, Trenosaur breakout, uh, much as we've seen from Chronicle. Uh, yeah, twelve inches long, three inches wide, and four and a half inches tall on a uh, on a brass coloured. I don't think it's actually brass, but a brass coloured Jurassic Park logo base. Yeah. Some good colour on it. It's uh, retailing for sixty dollars plus postage and handling. Mhm. I mean, honestly, for sixty dollars, it's fantastic. I mean, I think that's. I think I will get this. Honestly, I mean, for it's a foot long. It's very. It's very nicely done. I I've seen some of the uh, finished products and it's got dots all over the face. But honestly, I'd send it in for a repaint and just. I think that it, it has a very, very good potential to be something very great if you send it to somebody like Manuel Unda or um, Ted Brothers or any of the other talented repainters in in this fandom. Yeah. You know? And I think $60, mm. it's well worth the money. Yeah, you know? there's... um, <laughs> I did see one comment. Someone posted a photo of their son playing with the um, Colossal T-Rex and said, well, I think I'll just prefer to keep this and... It's it's a completely different thing. This is a statue designed for collectors to be in a display. It's not yes that mm-hmm. colossal T Rex is great for sixty bucks, but you can play off that and relive some stuff because it's poseable. Where this is just an aesthetic breakout display, uh, breakout pose. But I do the color on this, like the paint and the effects on it, does look great from the neck back. <laughs> Once again, we've got that that issue with the dots on the on the head. Um, which I don't know where they what artwork or photos they keep on looking at to get these uh, these colours on the animal, but um, but as you said as you said for sixty <laughs> bucks you probably go off and spend that again or a hundred and get someone to paint finish painting it up really nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, for like I said, for the size and for the quality that you're getting, it's well yeah, worth it. Yeah. You know, I think so. And I've been, and we've all we both know how critical mm. of Chronicle I've been. Yeah, no. and it's not it's not a four foot tall Ironhead Studios figure, so you can put it somewhere. It's it it's small enough to go yeah, somewhere, exactly. and you just got the iconic um, female Trenosaur in a in a breakout pose. So mm-hmm. yeah, I never really wanted the uh, fencing either. So this is like a perfect compromise. It's 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 small, but not like palm size like I was expecting it to be. It's actually a very decent size. It's about, like you said, a foot long. So it could go on a dresser or a desk and look very nice mm. there, you know? It'd be a conversation starter piece, you know? Something something that goes on your desk and somebody says, look at, oh, look at that. What's, where'd you get that? Are you a Jurassic yep. Park fan? <laughs> you know? One thing, just reading the article here, um, it's, it's saying they're exclusively... It's their exclusive, officially licensed T-Rex statue. Now, I don't think we ever heard what was going to happen with the Chronicle one, because they were releasing a small version of their Breakout Rex as well. Well, this is the Chronicle one. Oh, is it? Yes, this is the Chronicle Collectibles uh, oh, okay, cause... Breakout Bus. Or Breakout uh, oh, okay, cause breakout the, um, T-Rex. Yeah, there's nothing in the article. It's ex- it's being sold exclusively through uh, ThinkGeek, but it, it's not directly yep. on their website. So it's like a third-party licensing this time. Same thing they did with Paradise Collectibles and okay. the Hammond Kane. All right, and that's yeah, that's where I'm getting confused because I don't know what what Think Geek, uh, Think Geek is. I thought it was a uh, 
producer of these sort of things, not an actual retailer that they've sourced the figure from Chronicle from, so... Yep. Yeah, they're a retailer. No, that's all right. Um, hmm. And I'm, I'm sure the packaging or the postage for that to get to here would be a lot less than that uh, <laughs> breakout as well. Oh, definitely. Uh, does it have a weight uh, on there? It doesn't have a weight, but it says it's made 90% plastic and 10% iron, which I'm guessing that iron would probably be in the base. Yeah, I'm assuming so as well. The It's probably an iron base with a mm. fake bronze uh, cover painting yeah, or yeah, something like on the base. Yeah, wash over it or something. Yeah, and then the statue itself is probably not plastic, yeah. but resin, you know, which is technically plastic, but it's like a sturdier plastic. Well, if that's if this is the case and it is the Chronicle, then they've done done a little bit of reworking on the color because wasn't early photos of that small Rex that was um, Lost World Raptor Orange, wasn't it? From memory, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they've darkened. Yeah, it, was. it was. I'm some of the pictures. Some of the pictures I've seen it still looks a little yep. bit on the yellow side. But like I said, get it repainted, yep. it'll look beautiful, yep. you know? Yeah, just don't put a spotlight on it, <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> Keep it in a dark, <laughs> dark spot. Mr. Hammond knew this before he ever dreamt of an island. He began construction on an amphitheater. Very near to where you're sitting right now, the InGen waterfront complex. One last thing before we get to 98. Um, during the week, uh, Jurassic Park, the Lost World RV restoration team posted up a photo uh, very familiar to us of the uh, interior computer display of the RV scene uh, just when uh, Eddie's trying to get back in the RV after the initial Rex attack. They've been in contact with the original graphics designer that uh, still had the files on his uh, old Macintosh, which is just <laughs> that's just a fantastic yeah. find. <laughs> yeah, it is. Honestly, I mean, how do you... How, I mean, it's a wonder that thing even turned yeah. on, the computer... From 97, yep. you know, probably probably earlier than that. It's probably like a 95 or a 96 computer. And he still had the files on there, which is an amazing find for the fandom. I asked um, I asked the team if they how much he had on there, and they said that he did all the graphic, to, all the computer graphics for yeah. the entire movie. So there's possibly maps <laughs> on there. I don't know. I asked him. To, I asked him to share with me anything that they found that they found. Mm. Well, that's, yeah, the way the article or the post written um, had the original files on the Mac. I was thinking files from the trailers, which was the uh, the two status screens um, and then probably the uh, the animal information okay. screens that sort of popped across. I don't know if the, uh, oh, I suppose the um, satellite optic screen that we see beside Malcolm's head when he's trying to call for the boat too would have been something that wasn't mm-hmm. a um, wasn't a video video replay but just yeah to include other all the other stuff like we talked about with the uh, engine camp when Ludlow's doing the the conference the like the topographic map that's on on one of the computer screens there Mm -hmm. and Hammond the computer screen in Hammond's office yeah that would be beautiful to have in HD Mm -hmm. yep and even um, we mentioned briefly when Nick was uh, at the radio room and the computers there seemed to have some sort of boot up screen or login screen there as well um, mm-hmm. just just seeing what what it was like as we said all this stuff was made for the film to be shown and half the time it's off the yeah. side of the camera or out of focus or got vines all over it so mm, or the ss venture oh. i just remember the ss venture he created as well because those screens actually are in the um there's a screenshot of the screen in the um 
well, in the making of look. At least with that though, we get the camera sort of hold close to the monitor, where we can get some good True. good screen caps of. But but yeah, that 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 as well. So that's that's fantastic, and hopefully hopefully something else comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we've discussed the content, but the fact that we found that the guy still has these items is is amazing. Mm. Hopefully, he still has it all, and he hasn't deleted any of it. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, I um I've still got. The computer from 2003 that um i don't know why i've kept the tower but it's still there and even the old crt so <laughs> i don't know why i've got it but um yeah sometimes these old computers have a knack of staying staying active i've got a um uh, i don't even know what it is i've got a laptop from 1992 that's got a lot of dos dos based games on it and Windows 3.1. Um, <laughs> I just love you start it up and the fan just sits there and starts. <laughs> and it sort of beeps and does all the beeping and that in there, even though it's not coming through the, the speaker. Um, that's just the novelty of it, but all the data survived on that, so. That's... Yeah, I still have floppy disks of, from like the first digital, because the first digital cameras took floppy disks. Mm. Didn't take the ST card that we have now, yep. and so now um, I got actually I got my mom a floppy disk reader for for Christmas because she has all these floppy disks and a way of accessing them. Yep. And before before I gave it to her, I actually tested it myself to see make just to make sure it worked. Yeah. And I put in a floppy disk, and there was old Christmas pictures on there of when I first got. My my first lightsaber, my first uh, collectible quality lightsaber, oh, wow. it was a, it was a Tester replicas, uh, Anakin Skywalker lightsaber from 2002. I still have it, actually. <laughs> wow. And all that stuff just like lost on floppy disk. You didn't even know it was there. And yeah, exactly. That's great when you when you do finds like that. Mhm. Especially stuff you thought you lost or had no had no but memory. On JP on the JP Toys forum, I found old pictures of my trip to Wyoming. Oh well. Wow. Um, I thought I'd lost those pictures because my computer crashed and they had all those pictures on there. Yep. But I had like five or six pictures I'd found on there. That's so that they were still there. That's a good news story. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, yeah, the RV teams promised uh, more to come so look forward to seeing what else comes out of that um or if uh, you get a response david to your your messages but uh hopefully anything else on that you want to discuss before we get into 98 no i think we're good all right as we ended in 97 the lost world the rescue helicopter flew over the area where the tyrannosaur had fallen nick and sarah had seen the tyrannosaur captured and looked on in disbelief as they flew away from the island as we open on Minute 98, we cut to the San Diego skyline as the engine corporate helicopter flies overhead. It banks off and we cut the engine waterfront complex. At 97 minutes and 17 seconds, we cut to the waterfront complex as limos are being parked on the dock. At 97 minutes and 32 seconds, we start to get a voiceover from Ludlow as VIPs make their way onto the dock. 15 years ago, John Hammond had a dream. 97 minutes and 43 seconds, we cut to a large group standing around Ludlow as he continues his speech. Cameras roll and a secretary takes down notes. 
At 97 minutes and 53 seconds, we cut to the security gate. Azine and Sarah arrive and climb out of the cars. The security guard tells them that this is a private property. They've got to turn around and get back in the car right now. And then starts to close the gate on them, not listening to what they're saying. And this ends minute 98 of The Lost World. As we ended 97, we also left Isla Sauna. Uh, as we open here on 98, we get uh, the engine corporate helicopter flying over the San Diego skyline. From all the info I've found out, it is it is the same model, Augusta A109, that uh, transported Hammond and Co. to Jurassic Park in the first film. Yeah. But there is a little bit of uh, cosmetic difference here, um, mainly position of the engine logo on the aircraft's tail number, or road, um, registration numbers mm-hmm. on the original Jurassic Park one. It was all, the numbers were on the rear tail and the engine logo was behind the door, where here it's above the door and the numbers are up on the um, cowling for the rotor body. So it's just it's just interesting that InGen have sort of kept the same helicopter design here. Yeah, it's also a nice bit of continuity too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although, and we can't see who's inside of there. We don't know if it's Ludlow or if it's um who it is. You know? Yeah, I'm I, when I was researching the model, like on a couple of things I read on the wiki, there was um, suggested it might have been Ludlow or VIPs. But when we cut from this to the uh, waterfront. You see all the VIPs arriving via limo, so it might be Ludlow himself. The one thing I sort of cringe at is uh, seeing some people comment that, um, thinking that it's the helicopter that Ian and Sarah escaped the iron on coming into San Diego, when you can clearly see no, it's different. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, the one they escaped Isla Sona and was a mm. Huey. This one is, as you said... But it's it's good good to see the corporate helicopter come back. Um, we yeah. do see it again in Fallen Kingdom with a slight repaint, but uh, yeah, that's for another time. But um, it's been four years, so of course the model the model might have stayed the same, but the paint scheme and that probably changed a little bit. But uh, it, it sort of banks off and heads off towards uh, San Diego as we cut to the InGen waterfront complex. Uh, Camera pulls back along a new engine logo that we haven't seen before, lit up on the side of the building. And uh, in the mm-hmm. background, there's a security guard waving uh, limos past into a sort of parking area. It looks like a bridge leads onto the dock itself. We've got a we've got a nice lit up engine logo on the side of the building and all the limos parked on what looks like a bridge. And uh, we get the, the VIPs sort of get out and shake each other's hands before they walk towards the docking area. And that's, uh, that's when we get our... Ludlow voiceover 15 years ago John Hammond had a dream like John himself the dream was grand it was bold it was impractical it was not to be and as this has happened the VIPs sort of walk over a small vehicle ramp that goes onto the dock itself which is interesting so just the pitch on that ramp um, we see there's a limo parked on the dock and the uh, the truck and cage in the background with workers welding and um, cutting the sparks on it uh, which is a nice little mm-hmm. cue that uh, they're still trying to finish the cage they never went there to bring the Trinosaur yeah. back, and now they're trying to get this stuff finished so they contain it when it does come well, back. Interesting, interestingly, um, that the entire thing was uh, conceptualized. This entire the cage was the entire thing was was concept art. So it's not like they didn't. I mean, yeah, they didn't plan to bring a T Rex back, but they prepared for it. Mm. You know. So it's, and I just thought it was weird too with the um, just the pitch on that ramp going to the dock, like how the limo on the truck would have drove over it. There must be another road or something that leads onto that dock, so they can. Uh, there have to be because I mean, 
That pitch is huge. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah, even the when they walk over, they've got to sort of walk up. probably goes up about a metre before it drops down again. Um, yeah. And it's not even like a low pitch on the other side, too. It's like a steep... It's a, it's a steep uh, incline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what's going on with there, but... Um, and I don't know how regularly InGen use this facility either. No. Because it just seems small and not really designed that well. But um, but yeah, we um, also interesting in the background here. We get to see two flagpoles, one with the Austra- uh, Australian flag, one with the uh, American flag, and um, the other with the white, mm-hmm. white and blue engine flag. Which I've wanted that flag since I've seen the film. I'd love to have that InGen logo on a white <laughs> flag <laughs> on the wall. I know nobody makes it. It wouldn't. I've not found anybody who's it made it. It wouldn't be yet. hard. I've I've had um, flags made up for me Transformers Club here, where we've had a design and had yeah. it printed onto flags. I don't know why I've never thought of just getting. I'd do, I'd probably have to get that InGen logo on a um, PNG file or something that can be enlarged. But I really need to do that. I'm pretty sure you can go on eBay and people like you can get all that stuff made up people do it online i don't have to hear that plane's just flying over it i'll just wait for it to go yeah so that, that's something i might have to get um get onto get a flag made but um we cut to ludlow at his podium addressing the crowd and continuing his speech and um there's cameras rolling i don't know if that's a camera crew or if that's just someone from ingen in-house recording the the thing as well but um Half an hour from now, John Hammond's dream, reimagined, will come true. For one one hundredth the cost of building a destination island resort thousands of miles away. And uh, that's when we cut to the security gate. Um, not the same one we've seen earlier with the VIPs coming in. This is another one which is guessing it's the, uh, it's the main access to the dock that um, that truck's going to leave leave via. But um, yeah. Ian and Sarah sort of get out of Ian's bright red convertible car that he's got and, um, and address the guard. Ian sort of hire this the Ludlow affair. <laughs> Security is like, I'm sorry, this is private property. It ends. No, we're on the list. I believe. Uh, uh, oh, we're on the list. I believe this is Dr. Harding. I'm Dr. Malcolm, and the security just sort of smiles and goes, "I need your tether and get back in your car." <laughs> and, and this is that. Yeah, well, we got uh, Mr. Ludlow's test results. Yeah, yeah. You get those good. And that's where that's where <laughs> the minute ends. But it just again, this whole scene just seems like this isn't the first time they've tried to get in. Yeah, really. That's a good question. I mean, it's possible because they've obviously gone and brought uh, dropped Kelly off at the apartment. Yeah. Changed the clothes and grabbed uh, Malcolm's. Uh, what is this, Chevelle? I haven't looked that far into it yet. <laughs> um. Uh, uh, isn't it a Pontiac? I thought it was a Pontiac. Pontiac. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's a Pontiac. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's. I suppose since that minute was a little bit uh, that notes was a little bit short we can get into a little bit now because we know when the helicopter well when they were at the village that was sort of midnight-ish you'd think um we know from later Mm -hmm. on the shooting script and um Ludlow saying the wee small hours of the morning in the shooting script is described as 3am I don't I don't see this as the same night I see this as the next day like a like 24 hours has passed and a little bit more uh possibly but I mean, we frankly, if Ludlow took a jet like he said he did, then um, I don't see it being because when we um, saw the at the end of the movie when we saw the uh, 
the SS venture returning, they were about halfway, and it was just as dawn was breaking. You was know? it though? Because I know the sun was coming. Uh, I know the sun was coming in through the windows of Malcolm's apartment, but that could have been late afternoon. Yeah, but it, it could have been. But I, don't I know. suppose the one the one key thing here is that baby Tyrannosaur. If it's when they get to it later, it's still tranquilized from when it was flown mm-hmm. there. If it had, if it yeah, had been true. a full day, I'm sure it would have. They would have let it come to, and it would have been in its cage, alert and awake. Which I suppose mm-hmm. sort of throws everything else out. But I don't, I don't know if Dudley would have got back before and Sarah. However, they got back. He would have stayed around until that Tyrannosaur was airlifted onto the boat before he would have made his way to his jet and flown back. Whether that was still enough time to beat him back as well, but. As as you said before, he's got back. He's had time to call a press conference, whether all that was done from the plane or not. But clearly, Sarah's had a wash to hair. She's that big red that big mm-hmm. red mop of hair is uh, glistening. Well, their both their clothes are changed too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, again, it, it might be just something that's sort of um, brushed by a little bit just because of the late change to uh, go to San Diego. I mean, you can't exactly show up to. Uh can't exactly show up to a press conference uh, bloody and full of dirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smelling like three-day-old laundry. Well, it also makes you wonder how they knew, or how they found out about the press conference, how they knew the venture was coming to here. Well, I'm sure they probably, the first thing they probably looked for was in the engine water complex and assumed it would be coming there, you know? Well, you've got to, they almost certainly have contacted Hammond as well. To, even Possibly, to let him know yeah. that the operation didn't go as according to plan and there's a Tyrannosaur on its way back <laughs> and he, mm-hmm. he true because he, he had to have been debriefed at some point because he he was had an interview with Bernard Shaw on CNN yeah. which when we get there I wonder if there's a time on that screen might mm-hmm. not be most, most you said earlier that yeah yeah and yeah they would have been trying to get that up on the midday news or something but we can get to that when we get to the next couple of minutes. Um, mm. Heading over to the shooting script, not a lot different here, but as uh, we get Ludlow's voiceover, um, we actually get Ludlow's voiceover as the helicopter's flying low over the uh, ocean approaching San Diego, which is covered in fog. It's described as very late. It's a very late, very late in the evening, um, and the city sleeps, which to me would be pre midnight but i'm guessing very late in the evening they're, they're meaning early morning because um, you, you do get some people that say it's two o'clock in the morning's late at night or some some that say yeah. it's early morning so that's just that's just how you yeah. look at that but um interesting there's no no shot here or nothing described here as the limos approaching the uh the dock but um as the helicopter approaches we get that ludlow voiceover and we get a good look at the waterfront complex tower cranes um, a good look mm-hmm. at that cage and that truck that the, that's waiting for the Tyrannosaur. And, um, and the speech continues. And uh, we get up to um, thanking the crowd for coming out at 3am in the morning, where uh, the script, where the film actually changes it to, to the wee small hours. The film actually changes it to the wee small hours of the morning, which is sort of mirroring mm-hmm. what Hammond would say. But... Is it better English? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Scott. Scottish? Um, yeah, um, 
Hammond did say he was from Scotland, didn't he, in the first movie? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to confuse the Scot uh, Scotland and Irish because I know that's a <laughs> that's um that's probably no, I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just interesting here. Up until the end of that speech, where the Harbormaster comes out and taps on Ludlow's shoulder, that we'll get to in the next minute. There's no Ian and Sarah yet. They haven't arrived on the dock yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, heading over to the pre-Sandiego script and our final little uh, interactions on the island. Last minute, Kelly had fallen through the roof of the uh, building. The helicopter was breaking through the roof of and uh, landed in a pteranodon nest, breaking an egg, and one of the pteranodons had appeared. Um, Roland arrives at the hole after he had shot the raptor, which just just briefly, too, we didn't talk about last minute, but the fact that they're already going to show in the film that a raptor, we killed a raptor, even though it was Kara kicking it, uh, Kara, uh, Kelly kicking it out a window, um, mm-hmm. you already had made the decision to show a dead raptor between it being impaled or the aftershot of it being impaled on some debris compared to either the animatronic getting shot, squibs, or CG of Roland shooting shooting one. I would have much preferred to see Roland shooting one. Yeah, that really would have been cool. And would have added more to his character too, yeah. you know? Well, yeah, because in the, in the pre-CEO script, he didn't shoot the Rex, so it just wandered off with Ludlow in its mouth. Um, so it would have been... It would have been something something of note being able to take down a raptor even though he wasn't hunting it but Roland arrives at the hole and starts kicking the hole bigger so he can sort of get down and see what's happening inside Kazine's already sort of made his way down to grab Kelly and they get a rescue ladder from the helicopter and roll it down through the roof Ian grabs Kelly with one hand and the ladder with the other and shouts go 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 as a sec- second pteranodon emerges one of the pteranodons grabbed the one of the skids from the helicopter as it starts to take off, as you said last minute, and uh, there's a bit of a tug of war between the pteranodon and the helicopter before the skid mm-hmm. breaks off, and it's sort of the helicopter's free to free to leave, and the pteranodons just sort of fly alongside it for the most part. The chopper pilot says he can take it out if he sort of swings to the left and uses the rotors to kill one, but Sarah says no, they're just protecting their their nests and they're not attacking at the moment, so they um. They fly off, and as they get a bit further away, the Pteranodons break their chase and turn and return to the village. But as they do, one of them sort of does the old uh, batwing in front of the full moon trick, and we get to see all the uh, the light sort of coming through the membrane and the light skin on its wings mm-hmm. as, it, as it sort of... That would have been a really cool thing to see. And we know that Stan Winston Studios actually got so far as trying to build the um, Pteranodon animatronic mm. before... Um, before the thing, the ending was changed, and it would have been really cool to see how they would have pulled that off with the veins through the membrane and stuff like that. Because from what I can tell, the actual animatronic would have been pretty anatomically accurate with pycnofibers and everything. Mm. Well, we sort of get the um the plan B of this at the end with the CG one coming into land and the lens flare, the lens flare. Um, yeah, true. I'd I'd have to look at that on a big screen it's been a while since i've seen that actual scene but um just how much the sun's shining through the membrane on the wings but um but yeah it's sort of something they end up doing there there again but sort of it just also goes here where there's no actual apart from the trend on holding onto the skid of the chopper that's as bad as much attacking as what they do 
where after this, obviously, they've decided to try and expand it a bit. There's concept art with them running on the rooftops. A lot larger team of survivors, including hunters. Um, we talked a couple of minutes ago about um, having the gliders on their back. Uh, raptors also chasing chasing on the roofs. Um, Sarah on a motorcycle sort of going along the rooftops with a, motor, with a raptor leaping behind her. Um, a lot of this other concept art that's sort of built after this initial script was done. Some stuff stayed and a lot of it went. Yeah, exactly. We cut elsewhere on the island and uh, Ludlow falls through the air and splats down in the wet mud. Um, dizzy, broken ribs and bleeding. Behind him he's, he hears a chirping sound and rolls over to reveal the baby Trenosaur. And you can clearly, or it's described as clearly being able to see the aluminium or aluminium cuff still on its leg. Yep. And uh, the baby sort of runs towards Ludlow, but he starts moving in the opposite direction. That's when the male comes down, lowers its head and grabs him by the leg and then bites down hard, breaking it. You can hear the bone shatter and Ludlow just sort of howls in pain. And um, as he as he cries out in pain, he rolls onto his back and uh, the baby jumps up onto his chest and slowly opens its jaws. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the end of yep. Ludlow. Which is really cool because that's actually the death that Dodgson received in the novels. Mm, yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, again, it's sort of bringing something from the novels back, or the novel back, um, changing the character slightly, and uh, a just, just deserved end for uh, the main villain, our main antagonist, anyway. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> yeah. And it, it's sort of, we didn't, <clears throat> we didn't comment earlier where. Um, when Ian and sort of Nick are in the hotel and we're getting all those quotes from the novel come out, um, the pre-Sandio script was penned by Crichton. Or he, him and Kep done a, um, a, a pass over the first script, so that's why a lot of this stuff's probably pulling from that novel more so than Jurassic Park. Well, you can also feel a lot of Crichton in Malcolm's Ramp, mm. so you can definitely see where his hand had a um, had an influence. Yep. Yep. And sadly, sadly, most of it was removed. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just it's just here uh, again. Later, we do see a very similar death to um, of Ludlow again by the hands of, or, but under the uh, watch fire of the male Trenosaur. It's just not on the island. Um, yeah, I mean it's it is very much a um, derived from the death that we see in the, in the original script just modified a bit but sadly it's just not as close to the novel as it originally had yeah, been yeah yeah well down the dark the dark hole of the ss venture and i sort of don't need i don't need love those screaming as the base as the baby's eating his face all over <laughs> <laughs> that's where you can sort of get a little bit graphic but again it's sort of all off scene off screen and as we've talked in the past sort of spielberg implying and not actually showing you know it's not yeah. ending well. I think at, at the time, and we'll get to it when we get to that minute, that uh, more disturbing is the fact that so Sarah just sort of sits there and looks for a minute, and then instead of deciding to help, just decides to tranquilise the, the male. So um, <laughs> he's going, okay, well, he's, he's screaming, he's dying, we'll just use this as a reason to keep the male there and secure it back in the hold as Ian closes the doors. <laughs> mm, nothing attracts a predator quite like lag Yeah, bait. yep. <laughs> 
Well, that's it. They use... No, we'll get there when we get there, but they, they use a baby as bait for the, get the male back to the boat, but it's uh, Ludlow that sort of holds it there while the, while the male while yeah, the male's sort of watching Junior eat. Angry recognition. Mm, yep. But uh, <laughs> it's not it's not the very end of the pre-Sandero script. Next week, uh, there is a final scene at uh, Hammond's funeral that we'll get to, but... Um, Apart from that, David, anything else on 98 you want to talk about before we get out of here for the week? No, I think we covered that pretty well. Alright. Alright, guys. Let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com. Facebook, The Lost World Minute. Twitter, at The Lost World Minute. And Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to All remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. You're welcome. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life will find a way.